Welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants. I am here today with Dore Hewitt-Brown. Dore, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your story. And a lot of this is going to be uh, new to me, <laughs> as it is to the, to the listeners. Um, but what I do know about your story is, I think, it is what inspired me to invite you on the show. Uh, so basically, you uh, were or are international cabin crew. Yes. And you decided to retrain as a Pilates instructor in your 60s? Yes, 62. And you did that whilst being active international cabin crew. So the time management side of things must have been pretty hectic for you. In the beginning it was, but with the course and the way it was um, programmed, I managed to um, schedule myself as far as when I needed to be home for the reformer and when I could do the mat. Because some of the classes, since they are online, you can do them away. But the reformer, of course, I would have to be home. But I did kind of just do my schedule around the Pilates programming. But it was little. I think the biggest thing that was a challenge was the time difference because I would be in Africa and I would have to think, okay, wait a minute, it comes on at this time. So that was the biggest thing. I imagine them, I mean, I work, as you know, I work with people around the world, but I've, I've I, and I've traveled internationally a fair bit, but I'm sure nowhere near as much as, as you have. So I imagine you must get, I mean, I've, I've had the experience before of becoming kind of dislocated temporarily and sort of arriving in an airport and thinking like, I can't even remember which city I'm in right now. And I don't know if it's morning or evening. <laughs> right. So it was funny because what I would do is I would make sure I would schedule the classes after I got a little nap in. So I had to make sure that I was well rested so that I could do it. But it was challenging. But I think as, as weeks went on, I started to grasp it and get used to it. All right. So let's let's start at the beginning then. First, about, where, first of all, whereabouts in the world are you based? I'm based in Washington, D.C., Dallas Airport. I go to Africa, Jordan, the Middle East, um, Tel Aviv, uh, Europe. Yeah. Wow. And so my, um, I think, relatively uneducated ear tells me that you're not from Washington, D.C. I No. So I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm originally from Philadelphia. So I fly to Washington to go to work. Right. <laughs> okay. The life of a flight attendant. Right. And so tell me what, you know, because the, the the flight attendant is one of those glamour jobs that, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I wanted to be, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be like a firefighter, a superhero, or a race car driver, you know. Um, but most of, most of the girls my age, I'm talking about when we were in grade school, you know, they wanted, you know, flight attendant was right up there in their top three, well, along with like supermodel and I can't remember what else, but, you know, it's really one of those kind of glamour jobs for that a lot of women particularly aspire to. And there you are, you know, presumably wanting to get out of international flight attendants. So tell me, tell me about... Tell me about why you wanted to make this change. So it's basically, this fits into my, I have like five more years to work as a um, flight crew. 
but I want to do something um, on the side because I have a lot of time. I take I don't do a full schedule. So I used to be a massage therapist on the side, and um, health is very important to me and keeping your body strong and being healthy. So I, when I moved to Charleston, I no longer wanted to do the um, massage therapy. So I decided, you know what? I always wanted to do Pilates. And I think the closest thing I ever came to Pilates was taking a few classes in the gym. I took some reformer classes. And then I think it was um, a video by Mari. And she Mari did Winsor. the Pilates. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know what? should be my next thing and I've always looked for something that um is body conscious and healthy it's not you know Pilates strengthens you it it you have to build an endurance but it's not as hard on your body as like running and you know so it's not that pounding and in my 60s I just can't do the pounding anymore but I wanted to stay healthy and the other thing is it's really benefit benefited me as far as exercise, even with my flying and teaching, teaching my flight partners, they can also feel the same thing. So it's been, you know, it's just, and then when I retire in five years, I'm going to take it full time. Right. So how are you going to do, because my understanding, you know, and I'm sure I'm off the mark with this, but my understanding is the regular kind of cabin crew schedule is like you fly out and then you spend four days at some overseas location and you fly back. And so what's roughly what's your schedule and how can you possibly fit teaching Pilates on the side around that? So I actually am home. I only work 16 days a month. (laughs) So the rest of the time I'm home, you know, so it would be nice to fill some of those days in and teach people Pilates, you know, so that's that's my goal. And so you're going to just teach from home or take, get a couple of jobs at a local studio? I think I'll probably in the beginning, I'm going to start in January. I'm going to do um, some studios so that I can build my practice even more. Because I think at this point, I'm just starting out and I can. there's still room to grow and still room to learn. So I'd like to probably go to a studio, learn with other instructors, teach and then maybe branch out in my on my own because I want to be the best instructor I can be. A lot of people, probably the number one thing that, in my experience, holds people back, and, and I talk to a lot of people who want to become Pilates instructors. I mean, that's one of the things I do for a living. I've probably talked to thousands of people who are considering becoming a Pilates instructor. And in my experience, the number one thing that holds people back is anxiety about not being good enough and that can manifest in many forms in you know sometimes people might think oh i'm too overweight or i'm the wrong shape or i'm not fit enough or i'm not perfect at all the moves i can't do a split um i don't have a background in health science i don't know anatomy Um, i'm afraid of getting up in front of a group i won't know what to say um, and one of the things I hear probably more often than even those things I just mentioned is I'm too old. And I hear that a lot from 35-year-olds. I've even heard it from someone under 30. And um, speaking from my perspective, I'm now 52, almost 53. Like 35 seems pretty young to me now. I think, oh, you've got your whole life in front of you. <laughs> what do you mean you're too old? <laughs> 
So, so you you you're making this change at sixty two. Is that right? You're sixty two. Exactly. Yeah. So, did you have those kinds of misgivings or anxieties or not? And if so, how did you how did you work through them? I had the anxieties. I think um, of not being good enough, not doing it correctly. But with the Breathe Education program, the instructors are, um, they're very patient. They teach you that your body will do what it can do. Do not go beyond that. And it's okay not to be 100%. It's okay if your body feels 70%. You're doing the work. You're, and as long as you're doing the exercise, you are doing something with your body. Movement is very important. And you don't have to do it 100% correctly. I still am trying to do such uh, exercises at this, as the snake. You know, I get on the reform and I'm like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And then, you know, I get better and better with the practice. But there is no way that I was 100%, nor am I still 100% perfect in this. And with the Pilates, you don't have to be. The movement and if you practice, that's all you have to do. And you will actually feel yourself getting stronger and better, even if you're not doing it to that 100% perfection. It's not necessary. So the instructors really were helpful with that and telling us, you know, you do what your body can do, giving us alternatives, showing us do not beat, do not beat up on yourself, you know. And they were very, they were very helpful if you needed them. I would, you know, DM them and they would tell me, you know, that's fine. Then let's try to find an alternative. There's always other ways you can approach certain exercises with the Pilates. I think that's really, I think that's such a, 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 a valuable place for you to be. I, I mean, the, the reality is that, you know, Cirque du Soleil acrobats and, you know, prima dancers aside, you know, almost everybody has some Pilates moves that they kind of suck at, you know. Um, for me, it's rollover. I just, like, I hate it and, and because I just feel like I just don't have the flexibility. It doesn't matter how many times I do it. I don't feel like I get better at it. <laughs> right, um, right. Uh, but, you know, we all have a different strengths and flexibilities. I don't mind snake. I, I, I feel it's relatively easy for me, but some of the flexibility stuff really challenges me a lot. And I think that we have this illusion, a lot of a lot of us, that we should, you know, like, because, of course, when I was teaching a lot, I, I don't usually demonstrate a lot when I teach because I, I like to try and use my words and hand dance and things to help people do the exercises. Um, and then I can watch the clients more if, if I'm not demonstrating. But every now and then it's useful to demonstrate if there's a particularly hard exercise or something. But I all, I mean, so I would jump up and demonstrate snake every now and then because I'm good at it, right? But I would never demonstrate rollover because I suck. I'll be like, here's, here's how to not do the rollover properly. Okay, you ready? Watch it. <laughs> and so, and I think that's only human. And I imagine, you know, most instructors do that, you know, demonstrate the exercises we're good at and, you know, coincidentally forget to demonstrate the exercises we suck at. <laughs> and and so we get this curated version when we attend class and when we look on social media, we see these instructors demonstrating these exercises flawlessly 
but and we see different instructors demonstrating different exercises flawlessly and there are a few people in the world who can do the whole repertoire flawlessly but they're like a handful of people in the world but but we don't often see people just kind of muddling through and doing the rollover with their knees bent and not getting their feet anywhere near the floor or or doing snake with their feet on the on the floor and and you know a heavier spring or like we don't see that and so i think we have this idea that this this kind of false idea of of how perfect you need to be to be an instructor tell tell me how you you know did you because you don't seem to me to be someone who suffers excessively from anxiety I mean, i don't obviously don't know you very well at all but from my from my impression of of meeting you so far, you seem pretty chillaxed sort of a person. Yeah, at times. I think that um, the first class, because, you know, we're teaching, you know, for practice. And, of course, I used my flight partners and the pilots, so I had them all in the room. And I think the first few times that I was teaching, it was like, oh, my God, I'm going to mess up. And, of course, I did mess up. I messed up with my words. I used feet instead of hands. You know, but it's all... It all comes together because we're all human. And I think that um, once you get into it that and you become a little bit more confident and you do it a little more, you feel better, you know, so the anxiety goes away. And the classes actually became fun for me because having everyone in that class, different sizes, different ages, people could do different things. Some people couldn't do things. It actually challenged me to forget my anxiety and help them you know that's the that really is an example that's that's the embodiment of what we teach in terms of reducing your own anxiety is focus on the clients you know it's not about you it's it's about them and when you're focusing on on them you become more present and you you're not worrying about your own performance because you you're thinking about what's best for the client and what, what they need so congratulations you've uh, you've understood understood the lessons you've you've owned you own you own the lessons yes like i said we were taught very well we were taught very well what, what was it like for you uh, you know, teaching your flight partners because i don't know do you work with the same team like regularly or do, is it no. do you just have different people so we have different people. Um, like I might have for one month the same flight attendants, but it's always different um, pilots. And um, and then we'll have maybe one or two different flight attendants. And it was funny because you talked about the rollover, and I had one flight attendant. She just could not roll over. And we would try everything, and it was like, no, this is not working. And it was like, okay, well, we'll find something else for you to do. But it was just really exciting because teaching more and different people, it just helps my tools. It gets me more prepared. I'm better at what I'm doing because I have different people coming into that class with different issues. And um, that was one of the things that the instructors had said, you know, give people alternatives. Don't keep them out. You know, don't just shut them out because they can't do something. Give them something else to do and then reward them when, or, or just give them positive motivation. So that was a big test for me. And I feel very confident in teaching with that. My perception of uh, working in the airline business 
is there's a lot of routine and a lot of checklists and precision. You know, like I watched the cabin crew doing like the door closing checklist and cross checking and, and all of that stuff. And I'm fully supportive. <laughs> I want those things cross checked when I fly. So I think I imagine that, you know, there's a lot of routine and a lot of attention to detail and, and accuracy in language is very important. Um, and that could, you know, when when you're then learning something new and teaching this group of people, some of whom you might not even know very well or you haven't taught before, or there's a mixed group of abilities, that it's kind of like, the, I mean, you've got your training and you've got repertoire to teach, but there's a lot less rules and structure in that situation than I imagine there is in your workplace situation. How did you how did you deal with that? Um, you know, our job is also very, very physical. Uh, you know, we're pushing those carts. Those carts can be anywhere from 150 pounds going up, you know, as, you know, the plane is going up and we're pushing everything. I think that with the instruction that we have to do verbatim by book by book when we get on the airplane, um, I think that helps me as far as instructing people um, and also giving them guidelines. But it's also very relaxing because it's not as stringent. So when you're in class and you are giving them the exercise, it's not, you know, it's, it's more even chill or, or leveled and it's not as intense. So it's also, you know, we were actually having a lot of fun actually having and being, and getting stronger. And it was funny because people were asking me, so when's your next trip? You know, because people actually <sighs> felt themselves, you know, like having a good time, getting a little stronger. Like they would come back two days later and be like, oh, my stomach. I feel my stomach. I'm like, that's your core. Your core is working. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that it takes away from that, you know, verbatim when you're on the plane and it kind of loosens up and you can have some fun. And do you think that is any, is there anything, any part of that that's related to the fact that in the plane, like it truly is a potentially a life and death situation. If someone doesn't know how to put on their life vest, you know, that could be a life or death situation potentially. Whereas in Pilates, it's like, what's the worst that could happen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, exactly. So it's not as stringent. It's not as, yeah. And I think we also probably even on the plane, you know, we feed off of each other you know, to support each other. So it's it's kind of the same kind of dynamic because we sort supported each other on the plane and we sort sort of support each other in class. Hmm. And how did you manage, you know, working, you know, with classmates around the world and because you have to do practice teaching within the course as well as outside of the program. Uh, well, you actually don't have to do it outside. You chose to do it some outside. Uh, so how did you manage because... You know, you said you only work 16 days a month, but the, your schedule must be irregular, right? Like I've known a couple of cabin crew and they don't work on a seven-day roster. The, the roster is eight days or some other number. of. So you couldn't do a regular session every Tuesday because some Tuesdays you'd be in the air and other Tuesdays you'd be in Ghana or, or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> So how did you how did you manage that? It was kind of fun because I did take some of the Mac classes. I would sit the computer in the room. Um, I think I took some of the classes with the instructors. I took one in Frankfurt. I took one in 
Ghana, because it was the mat. So I could bring my computer and I could do the class. And then I had three um, classmates that worked with me and they would they would know where I was. And when we did the reformer, I just made sure I was home. So I had made my schedule fit. So the only time I really, really needed to be home was with the reformer and just make sure that I was somewhere with my computer and my mat to take the other classes. Right. And so do you, do you have the ability with your work to say, hey, I need to be home on these days next month sort of thing? It's called seniority. <laughs> <laughs> so I have 35 years with the company. So I can pretty much hold what I want to hold. As far as days off, that's in yard. Great. Age does have some some uh, compensations I've started to find. Yes, yes. And so you have to retire at 65 is that, or 67. Is that a rule or is that just a decision you've made? No, I think I should. Um, I'm always looking for something else to do. And this Pilates has given me another. There's always another door to open. And I don't think that I want to stay in this when I'm 70. I'd like to be home and have a garden and teach Pilates. <laughs> so that's my and goal. What do you? What, and what do you envision yourself teaching? Like you, I know you said that you want to start off working in some studios and continue to build your skills and learn from people. When when you do your own, th- or do you see yourself doing your own thing, or do you, yeah? So tell me about what what you're working towards. You know, I really want to work with women who are forty and up, um, because they are probably the most apprehensive to do it. Uh, I have some friends who will give me every excuse in the book, and as soon as I give them some classes or I show them some exercises, they're like, "Oh, this isn't bad." My knees feel better. Okay. So I want to challenge people who might not be familiar with, you know, older people who don't think that they can do this. So I think that is my reach and that's my goal. Not to say I wouldn't teach anyone younger, but my goal is to teach women of, you know, 40 and up, the ones who are apprehensive. And it sounds to me like you're not... You're not apprehensive about your ability to reach those people and help them. Yeah. I'm you know, it's funny because I've I've always been about the body, the health of the body. I was a radiologic technician, massage therapist, and now Pilates is my new thing. And it just helps I feel myself getting so much stronger, you know, um, and it's a natural process. So I just feel as though I would like to teach women, you know. Without the effort, when you do the Pilates, I just feel so much better. You know, my body, my posture, not an effort to do it. You know, like I've noticed how my posture is straight and it's not, um, it's, it's an easy thing to do because of the Pilates, the strength of the muscles and the back and the core. And it's an easier, um, I think it's an easier way to stretch the body. So I think women would really benefit from this that are of a certain age who are hesitant. You know, um, I was just listening to a podcast this morning uh, about sales, nothing to do with Pilates, and they were saying that sales is a transfer of belief. And if you, you know, 
genuinely deeply believe that you know you can help these people through Pilates, that sh- that comes through, and you don't actually need to be very skillful to you know, add selling techniques or anything. You just basically say, "Hey, look, no, this is really going to help you." <laughs> like, right. Like, exactly. I know in my heart, this is really going to help going to help you, and it kind of becomes infectious. Like you can't, you can't. You, know, you can't ignore that sort of uh, enthusiasm and passion. And so, so I think you'll be extremely successful because that just shines out of you. I hope to be. That's my goal. Do, do you imagine teaching from home or online or do you want to open a studio? You know, I'm open for anything at this time. Online would be fine. Um, but I would like a, I would like to have a one-on-one with people just because I am a people person. So I would like to have, you know, maybe half and half because it's nothing like just, you know, getting up and going to your reformer and turning on the computer. That's nice. But I also like a hands-on with people too. So I think it would probably be 50-50. And will that be in Charlotte or in Philadelphia? It'll be in Charleston. Oh, I'm not going back to Philadelphia. I'm sorry, I, I misheard. So Charleston. Hmm. Uh-huh. I won't be going back to Philadelphia. Very cold. Um, the only thing, unfortunately, I've never been to Charleston. I'd love to go. The only thing I know is like those old 1960s cowboy movies with the riverboats and gambling. <laughs> <laughs> We've come a long way. You have to come and visit us. I'd love to. Um, Dore, is there anything else that you'd like to share, I guess, with people who are, whether it's somebody who's contemplating becoming a Pilates instructor, maybe you know, fear or, or doubt is holding them back, or even someone who is a Pilates instructor, but fear or doubt is holding them back from taking the next step, whatever that is for them, you know, getting more education or opening their own business or, you know, expanding their clientele or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Is, is, what would you like to share with with that person? I feel that it's you're never too old to learn something for people who have never experienced doing Pilates. As far as taking the course, I think that, you know, I've always been geared in the right way. And breathe education is very acceptable, very patient. The learning is extraordinary and the instructors are phenomenal. And I just felt so comfortable after that first week. And I remember how um, Adam told us, you know, we know you're nervous. We've all been there. You know, we're here for you. And it's just the support that they have for everyone. And there's like no judgment. They want you to do the best. And if you have any issues, you're all, they're always reachable. I feel as though this has... This has given me more of a encouragement to go out and help others. I think that nothing should stop you from doing what you want to do. And this education for me has been, this has been so rewarding and given me the confidence that I need to go ahead. And no one should ever be apprehensive. If it's something you want to do, then you should go for it. Amen. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's a pleasure. I'm glad I finally met you. Likewise. And thank you for everything. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, 
I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.